Welcome to One of Two Hundred, the New Zealand's National Politics Podcast, where today Philip and Bronco will be chatting with Matt McCartan about some of his new projects in the union organising space. We'll hand it over to them. I was just in the supermarket uh, getting getting these uh, non-alcoholic drinks that we're all having, uh, and I saw on some lifestyle magazine, I don't even know what it was called, Thrive or something, there's just an done smiling at me pleasantly in a park, uh, wearing a casual jeans and, and a sweater. And you think what are you saying? She's just like us. She goes for walks <laughs> in parks. Right. Well, I, I go for I believe the headline was how Jacinda Ardern protects herself and us. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I, I I remember when I was um, <laughs> that is phenomenal. Sort of tricky, so I won't name names, but when I was oh, the, um, when I was you know, like the um, no, no, no. I, I still I still want to get invited to some things. Um, <laughs> the um, when uh, there was a when um, we were talking about the rankings of who was going to be on the front bench, right? Well, I, was, mm. I got given the list. And Jacinda's name wasn't on the list. I mean, she wasn't even ranked. Jeez. Yeah. And I'd been come chief of staff, so I was still the chief of staff as well, so I'm not sure. You know, I said, mm. well, I won't say about what I said. <laughs> but their argument was mm. that um, the outside, and they said, you know, they had this whole thing that she was more of a celebrity. Mm. And I said, yeah. And I said, what? And I said, Half a politician's job is being popular. <laughs> you know, there's only, you've got two jobs. One is to do shit, and the other one is people think you're doing shit. Right? Yeah. That's your only job. You've only got two jobs, right? And I said, you know, oh, she's on magazines. Just what you're yeah. on magazines, and she's just sort of, I'm going to go, yeah, that's an asset. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, it was all kind of, this yeah. is all the men, you know. And old yeah. and worn, so you know we won't go together. Yeah, right, right. We know it's all true. You know, we draw the bridge up behind behind you. Young women are are not people to be mental about competition. Right. You know? right. So what they were doing, oh, they all, they're not thinking on the outside, right? Mm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Key and being in there, for years, say, showing the soft media. Who was who was prime minister? And insurmountable leads for years and years. How they? How was that? Not the guy who. No, 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 no. What we. We keep doing the same thing. It's bound to work eventually, right? So we'll go with Goff. Yeah. Then we'll go with Shearer. Yeah. Then we'll go with Cunliffe. Then we'll go with Little. It's bound to work and we get another guy. Yeah. You know, it's bound to work with another old white guy. What if we say <laughs> the same thing for the fifth time about Key's rich mates? I know. It's a bit like, a bit like Black Air is a cunning plan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Like the other C seven ten times. Yes, but they won't be expecting the Yankees. Not running across without guns across the barbed wire. That is, uh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. so funny because it really shows you how they lucked into that that twenty seventeen victory. Yeah, it's a complete well, dumb luck. Just yeah. Well, what it was kind of positioning um, so that so that uh, it's popular. You know, she's popular. You know, it's about being popular is kind of you know, yeah, yeah, and you know, yeah. So you kind of. Issues were, but um, I'd be fair, they kind of got it, but I don't think any of them uh, ranked her as potential league leader. Yeah, right. And that wasn't it, that wasn't even that long ago. She's no, talking kind of like post kind of and post Andrew, mm. and they didn't um, see it. But I was, you know, obviously um, without conveying you know too much of the gossip of it because that's not cool, but. 
when I was there, amongst the senior staff, and certainly my observation, I mean, she was a talent, mm. but was never kind of, it was, it was one of those extraordinary things is that it might have been because people in politics get so full of their own agendas, they don't mm. really pay attention. But she was like, you kind of get a read of people because mm. it's the world you live, 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 live in. And she was one of those people who was always, always polite, always did her homework, you know, yeah. which is said to do, she'd turn up and never raised it, never got sort of worked up about things and yeah. just was, you know, solid. Right. You know? And always had an eminent um, sensitivity and politeness about it. They all started like that because she wasn't, you know, a lot of the human beings, you know, sort of shocking um, <laughs> bullies. Mm. Social climbers and climbers. In Parliament. But she was one of those people who was always like just solid. Yeah. And what she said is what she was thinking. Where others always you can see the calculations going on, you know. Like, yeah, right. You know, so kind of thing, because everyone's a competitor as well. Right, right. You know? And um distance. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, it is. Well, you do yeah. hear that a lot from people who've worked in Parliament though. It's just yeah, but constant knives. Yeah, but it's, you know, like, like people get, get all fucking worked up about it. So, well, they're there. You've got to have a sense of entitlement to being in your party. You've got to kind of back yourself. You know? Most, well, kind of like there's a large percentage of, of, of them like, who are psychological. You know, you know, they've got something they need. You know? So it is, it's kind of not sad because I don't feel sad, sad for them, but it's kind of like sick. You know, they've been so grasping. It's, it's all about their name, their attention. They go and read the papers first and see their names in it. And everything's about me, me, me. And it's all going to events. And that's where they get you get energy because you're a member of parliament. So you're yeah. a kind of centre of attention. You know, oh, thank you, MP, for coming. Oh, we're so pleased to have you. Oh, thank you so much. You work so hard. And, oh, yes, I work so hard. But I want to be in it. Oh, thank you. You're a great <laughs> one. Oh, Sake, you know, because they used to go to party meetings like that, they just drive you fucking nuts. And I want to thank this MP for coming. I go, well, the MP's been one. I said to the MP, it's only one answer to that shit. You're supposed to get up and say, no, 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 please don't do this. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Because mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm getting paid to be here. Right. I have the privilege of being a member of parliament and I get paid. My cost to come here tonight are paid for. I get staffed and all organisers. You will come out in the rain. You get money to make sure I'm elected. You come knock on doors. Thank you. Yeah. Well, and it's presumably all worth it because if you if you have actual politics and you want to do something, yeah. right? Yeah. At the end of the day, you're trying to get something done, and yeah. then you, you have an, an immense amount of power. That's right. But then I wonder, maybe not so much with Ardern, although with Ardern too. But like, I mean, how many of these people did you get a sense that they really had something that they want to achieve beyond just I want to be, you know? Finance minister one day. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I don't want to be a person who sort of goes and gossips. I'll make a political observation, something that surprised me. See, I was used to the alliance in Europe where they were politicos. Yeah. So whether you were a Green, you know, like a, a Rob Donald or Jimmy Fitzsimons or, or um, quite, you know, Sue Kit Kitchley, others, you know, who've gone through decades of struggle for change, you know, for, for social justice and for environmental and the future. And so they all come out of grassroots campaigning in their own time, you know, mm-hmm. so they had built. And then you had, like, Kid Locks and others, you know, you know, the Sue Bradfords and those like that. You know, these were mm-hmm. kind of 
Then you had on your lines, you had uh, Elila Harley, you know, and uh, Sandra Lee. And so we had a very strong political, it was always like political agenda. Yeah. I mean, how passionate political agenda is when you blow up so over the Afghan war. Because mm, right. people believed it. And it was willing yeah. to die. That's fascinating. Die, die on the, on the, um, on the principle. <laughs> and, you know, and that was lifelong friend, friendships mm. were finished at that point. Jeez. And, um, and because it was political, fought your kind of thing, you held your ground, mm. and you just kept pursuing the political agenda for change because that's mm. what we were all used to. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I just took that as normal. Yeah. Because that's what you did. Because you know, <laughs> all I knew was the NLP, you know, the left and the Greens, that lines mm. and the Greens, right? That's all I knew. Mean, you know, and Maori politics, you know, with, with, with Mongolaki. Mm. So Matt Rata with the Labour Party, Mongolaki, principle, Maori sovereignty, and then had the alliance, you know, broke from the Labour Party, the socialists, and mm. you know, the NLP, and hard, you know, union activists, and left activists, you know, ex communists, a lot of them were ex communists, and from different Trinidad and things. And then going to the Labour Party just was different. <laughs> it was, see, to me it was always like, I'm not saying, you know, whether it's the same now, but I think they're lucky because they have just so that just, and so she sits, I think. When I was there, it was ribbon with internal pop pop politics, so no one, it was always gangbang. You know, no one told the truth, everyone was out. And I was just offended that there was an expectation that it would go on forever. You know, that the workers would just keep coming out and blood labour, you know, because what options are there. So there wasn't a sort of thing, oh, the pendulum will swing away eventually. That was kind of, it doesn't matter who, so they go and knife each other and play games and people take, and it wasn't anything on the external, how we're going to help the working people or New Zealand. It was very much focused on internals. Right. You know, you know my thing is focused on, on internals, it's over. Yeah. You're either facing up and facing up. It's an all organisation, I'd say. So that was my surprise. And, and I think voters can voters can feel that. Of course they can. And but that's also what what the National Party got the same problem brought late later. You've got a very popular leader and they're trying to compete with the leader. But they can't. They can't compete with just something. As the Labour, they couldn't compete with, with John Key. So you shouldn't even try. Yeah. You know, and I was speaking to some Tories the other night and right wingers. They had the whole thing, they're looking for another one. Right. And I said, mm-hmm, I hope you do. Good luck. Um, because they'll keep it going. Because what they keep thinking is a magic book that's on person, it's not on politics. Mm-hmm. And what they should be at that point thinking, okay, who are our institutions? We have to wear this pop, this pop, pop, pop. There's no short fix there. Mm-hmm. Focus on what is the constituency and how you speak to that and rebuild that. Because eventually people tire. So that change in time. So it is one of those things. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I should say, we've been having such a sorry, yarn. I'm introduced our guest, who's oh, the, the, the great oh, Matt McCartan. Uh, who, who we are very uh, honoured and lucky to have with us today. Uh, so thank, thank you very much. For it. No, no, of course. Um, I mean, there's so much to, to talk about. I feel like we've <laughs> we only scratched the surface. <laughs> That's fine. I mean, we've actually done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is good. I mean, I guess we could always work backwards because it sort of started at not your most recent venture, which maybe we should get into. Um, we could we could maybe ask you about that now because obviously you yeah, we'll try and have some sure. The work I'm doing now is probably, in my, for me, it's the most important um, political work I've ever done in my life. And I've had plenty of opportunity and privilege 
two, 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 two who work. You know, I come from a poor background, a working class background. And my constituency, my mind always is about the working poor. And that's, that's my, that's my tribe. You know, so all my politics have been driven by that. I started a worker activist you know, that had its limits. Um, now I understand who makes the rules matters. And that's why I then, in my mid-twenties, did a bit more political or, or, or organising. Um, and so the work I'm doing now is really, it's an experiment, but an experiment based on what I think things have come to get you know, with all the training and all the experiences I've had. I think this is what I, I know it's right. So here's, here's the thing. The project I'm doing now for your listeners, it's um, called the Utu Project. Um, the union, it's a, it's a new union. It's a different sort of union. It's called Utu for Workers. And for those who understand what Utu is, it's, uh, for those who don't, I sum it up as justice. It's the Māori word for justice. There's other names for it, but that's basically sort of what it is. And it's also, we started off, we called it United Trade Unionists, because I'm a working class boy. So um, so it's United Trade Trade Unionists for Workers, and, um, and it's Utu for Workers. So I get to play both ways. And what this is, it's about, it's an it's experiment, but what it is is after years, like, what is to be done? You know, as all of us as part of the um, uh, the committed left, what, you know, we have analysis, we don't want to be paralysed by analysis, but what is to be done? And the old ways of doing shit is just doesn't work anymore. And I think that's because capitalism has changed and the state has changed. And yet we're trying to think that we can do the unions as if they actually are relevant in the forms in which they are now. We organise bosses. Unions organise bosses, not workers. The transient of workers now is that they go from job to job and it's two jobs, part-time on a contract, on a contract and so on. So that's the future work because capital has changed. And so, you know, you know not too distant from my generation, it was good, you know, the old Marxist, you know, this is about millions of, you know, Production, exchange, and, um, and distribution. All has changed. All has changed. That that capitalism, you know, produces offshore. That exchange is done by push a button on the computer. Um, money doesn't exist in the computers. And then, of course, you've got the distribution. And if you want to listen on that, don't ever talk to Amazon. You know, it's all throughout the world. And good luck with that. So. What it is for the workers in unions and the tradition that they have, it's that it is a, um, they organise the boss, they've retreated in the Western world, and then probably to the Western world too, but I don't have the experience to have an intelligence beyond that. Um, but they, they, doesn't work. It doesn't work anymore. And so the unions have become irrelevant to the struggle. Not the union activists, but the unions as institutions. They've retreated to public service and they've retreated to big employees. They're basically HR departments for the workers with an employer with a lot of resources in HR. And it suits the boss to have a union on site, a weak union, but not, not a strong union, a weak union. So they tolerate them. So these unions sit in, the, in, in these big employers at between 20 and 40%. And you know, we all pretend that you know, they spend all their time in partnership and wasting their, their, their time and negotiating the boss's agenda. And workers can hold that choice. You know. And then the unions have a, or the left has a thing, is they, 
they live in the past. So what we do is we organise the boss, we relieve the boss, we leave the union. Mm. So it becomes staff associations. And quite frankly, this history show shows us, you know, if you're a teacher, it doesn't matter what the country is, you'll have a union. You know, if you're a cop, you have a union. If you're a firefighter, you have a union. If you're a doctor, you have a union. If you're a lawyer, you have a union. It's not called a union, but that's what it is. And so they all do. All professionals, all have craft people and professionals have a union. And that, that they're all organisations for living with workers. That's the truth of it. And it's been a deliberate choice because it's all we've got to survive. So we've got to retreat back to the highlands. But what that means is we're not unionists anymore. We run HR department for workers. Um, so, so that's, and I'm a unionist, right? I'm, I'm, I'm always been a unionist, always will be. So the question is, what has to be done? You know, because the people who are unionists, most of the ones I meet are very committed, want to do it. They all know this stuff is not right. But it's like they don't quite know. And so my thing is this project is I think the unions are going to be moved. They're going to be social unions. And so this project is that if 93% of workers in New Zealand, the same in the industrial in the Western world, 93% of private sector unions are not the unions. How can you ever say that you'd have a mandate to speak for workers at that sort of level? That's, that's, that's a nonsense. And and so in the in the low pay areas where most workers are now, um, in the private sector in small workplaces where most workers are and most vulnerable are, the unionisation is under one percent. It doesn't exist. Therefore, what we're saying is, sixty percent in this country, just as much in other Western countries, sixty percent of workers can't even join you. It's not a union for. What happens to a T-worker worker in, say, Taupo as a town in the middle of the North Island? You know, what do we say to a hotel worker in Twice or in the middle of the South, South Island? You know? So what the unions say, we can't resource that. And they can't on their model. Mm-hmm. So what you do is you retreat to the big sites and service them as an HR and give service to people. But we've lost that mission of a we for social change through worker or, or, or organisation, you know, that Joe Hill, don't mourn or organise. That's mm-hmm. gone. We now retreat and we act as workers sort of HR. And I don't mean this in a geometry, I don't, because I understand the struggle. And I could point fingers about some of the industries I just made. You know, what's important what we do now. So my thing is, so generations, not just one generation, we've got three generations that unions are very well. Mm-hmm. And we should stop pretending. Right? So I don't pretend, don't, you know, I always have to say, don't kid yourself, you know, don't bullshit yourself. So an injury to mine, the, the injury for all, you hear that anymore? No, because we've given up. So we don't see you unions as, as we're what we kiss not. We should always be. So that's where I, so how to address that? So just I'll try and sum up very quickly, right? Is that the Utu project we're saying is, we, so I divide it into three different parts, right? So, so we have the one part, which is um, the advocacy team. And the first thing you've got to do is you've got to help workers when they're in trouble. You know, you can't say, oh, I can't help you, I've got the unions, oh, yeah, those bosses, bastards, you know. yeah, okay, whatever. What are you going to do? You know, an injury to one is an injury to yours, so what are you going to do? And if you can't help them, then you're not on the game. You know, that people come through whole politics through a, over an instance of injustice or watching someone as unjust and it changes them. 
And if you're not there doing the mahi, doing the work, I will stand with this, then why would they listen to you? You know, this is about, you know, what happens with work, the modern unions, I need some help. I'm sorry, we only do members. What goes on in their head forever? I have fucking useless unions, you know? And therefore, oh, we can't get young people to join us. Yeah, because when they do, you don't want to help them. You know, do, you know? So just, and I think that what we think as leaders of the union movement, um, you actually think we're NGOs. You know, we do good works. I call it the welfare left. Like, we do things for you. We're amazing. Give us your money, the Greenpeace model. You know, you just give us money. Or the local, or real politics now. Give us your vote, don't worry, we do it. You just give us your feet, you know, just patch it here, you know? And that's what we see as politics these days. And it's not, you know, that's not how we were built. All change came to social struggle and from being organised. Unions were raised in what I would call working class battalions. You know, that's what they are. And what they become. HR departments for workers, you know, that's what they've become. So my thing's going past that, because I've had a lot of experience and also I don't mind paying prices for things. So I don't get scared. So my thing is I think that the new way of organising for workers, I think what the new model for this project is Utu for workers. I had one new union as the name, and I liked it because it's sort of their names, but with the Utu for Workers, we're changing our name on the 1st of May, it's going through Sisyphus now, is I want the message, we fight. One union's kind of like what you do with an NGO. You know, one union, we put good words for people, you know? <laughs> you know, on war, justice. Mm-hmm. So I think um, with the Utu, it's very clear. And our symbol is a flame. You're not going to fucking burn injustice. You know, I'm not fucking around here, you know? So, you know, when workers come, and they've got a problem, I want them to know, we just got our 0800 this week, 0800, 368, 0-0-0. And what it is, I'm just getting my little plug in there, and it's www.utu.org.nz. But, but that's because we want people to report. See, what, we, what everyone says is, if you need help, give us a call. No, 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 no. If you know people who've been exploited or people who've been mistreated, you call us. This can't be as well as up to the individuals. Like sexual assaults, if you've been assaulted, call it. No, if you know someone, a friend or a flatmate or someone in the family, you take responsibility. The collective must take responsibility for injustice. So, one still, and I want to go around and say, no, no, this is a community can only be solved as a collective. So, you've individualized everything. You know, you have a problem. No, no, no. If you've got a problem, we've got, you know, and we need to do something about it. So, that's. And it's one short of time, but it will keep building, it will. And so, you know, how unions were built at the beginning, because they went and stood on the line and they fought. And every time that someone was hurt, that was a brother or a sister that needed to be supported. That was what a union was. You know, the men sticks so they can't be broken. We've forgotten that. And I go, and I'm just determined. I've known, I've come forward, not forced, but I've always been in that position. But what we have to do now is take that as a badge and go on the front foot and say, I'm sick of hearing it's an individual problem. It is not. And so people need to come together because that's the solution, click the solution. So they say, you call and we, using volunteers, see what unions and you know have done, they professionalised and it's like everyone's a paid staffer. They don't get out of bed unless they're paid money in a car. 
and drive trying to find around on here is the union to build What union was ever built by people being on a pay payroll with cars and privileges of full time? Never. It was workers saying, not this, we fight because it's the right thing. And that's what we've got to bring back to how we built this thing. Yeah. Not where we are, where we come from. We've got to touch base with that. So we've got to learn those lessons again. So I think with us, we actually help them first. That's only the first step. Though. That's about building trust. So that's the And we've got the Migrant Work Workers Association, which is part of our project as well. And because migrants are the most exploited, or the most obvious exploited, we need to fund that. You know? And get and confront it with other workers. It's not a migrant problem or a race problem. This is a greed issue of problems. And we stand with people, I always say. So my line with is that, well, it's true. I, you know, with my racist working class brothers, they're always broke brothers, the ones I know. <laughs> um, I haven't got this as this, this, this yet. But they go, yeah, they want to make it a race because that's how they've been conditioned. You know, that's the division, my, yeah. my problems are made by someone else who might be doing better than me or could be better than me. Yeah. You know? It's like racism in the southern states in the US, you know. It's better to be poor and above a black than allowed to, to be wealthier and actually have that some black people above me, right? You know? So that was that, that, that culture of which you've got to, um, you know, it's there. And we don't talk, talk about white society, but what I am determined is that we have to confront it in a way that working class people can connect. So I've tested this out, but I knew it anyway, so it's not like I had to go to the market. Right? I tell them about the truth. Because I do it with Utu deliberately. See, Utu for work is justice for work is because, you know, that's what we must do. So even the Redmond. <laughs> and they go, that is right. They say, because it's, because, you know, if someone's mana is diminished, for those who don't know, you know, their, 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 their reputations or their face has been diminished, it must be repaired. So Utu's just say it must be put right. So I always tell bosses, I'm, so I tell bosses, I'm losing that. I tell them, let's start putting it right. Take mana away from someone, you steal from them, you treat them, it must be put right. That's usually. So that's why we're fucking. So no, we're not fucking. You know, that's a union. That's what it's about. So what we do is, we've got to say, but working class uh, workers I talk to, you know, but how I have been able to connect, and I know this is why, I go, you know, to my mother's side, I send all the way back to the first peoples of this land, the town of Defenua. Come on, here, walkers to, to search for a better life. And everyone who's come since has come through descendants and doing the same thing. We have the treaty in this country, so this is where my read my read makes like tense at this point. And I said, like, <laughs> <laughs> look at me, very suspicious eyes. You know, like, it's in our DNA because in the treaty, see, it's the first collective agreement, the mm-hmm. national collective agreement. We signed her up and said everyone is welcome. On the condition, one of the conditions were is that there's one law for all. The white woman uses it to stop Maori privilege. Mm-hmm. But I say to my rich or white, sort of white women mates who come from private schools, I say, I think that Maori will swap their privilege for four years any day you like. You know, <laughs> yeah. um, um, uh, you know on your stolen land, um, or slay and from your farmers and you, you got all your land for free because mm-hmm. you punched it. Um, but I said, what the treaty does, it's one law for all. And it's an idea, mate. You know, people think we're as good as anyone else. We don't like the class. I said, so they all agree. That's what makes us different. It's a key thing. But what it is, is that whether you descend like me through to the first peoples, or whether you come off an aeroplane this morning, 
when your foot touches the soil of that land, you come under the protection of the treaty. And I say to those bosses, you also have an obligation, you also come under the obligations of the treaty. Once you hit, you come under our protection, everyone is treated the same. And that's the message I'll just continue to say. So, you know, everyone in this land, when they hear one rule for all, so you that's the right way to use their stuff. Yeah, yeah. And so that's my thing. So that's a uniting people mm. where it's not the immigrant. You say, no, this isn't about colour. It's not my mother, it's just about greed. Mm. You know, this is people in power, you know, acting against those who are weak. Remember one year of all, unity, be strong, we stand up as, as a community. So that's it. We also will be doing the thing which people just don't do, but we will do it. So so we do our casework because that's important, right? Mm. Not that the boss is called it's any just, just at all. Yeah. But people feel you take it seriously if we go through that system. Yeah. So that's plan A. I'm a plan B man myself. Right? <laughs> confronting power mm-hmm. and its forms, which it is. Yeah. So it's a campaign. So we have what we... So the one union is a trust now. It's a trust now, which does the case with Okay. And we do that because you've got to follow suits who suits who hidden laws because otherwise you get asked suit. And I've been sued too many times. I've looked at that now. It's not so the camp, <laughs> so the Utu is actually a union and it campaigns against injustice. But we don't legally represent an individual worker unless they with the other two. So they can't sue me. Right? So that's mm, interesting. Legal, right? So we campaign on the greater good mm. where the worker get, gets the casework. But we will advertise and talk about the work that, that worker. We name bosses, name name them, put their photos up. And we've formed an Utu squad, uh, which is um, is what you think it was. And <laughs> so um, we will pick it um, people's bosses' homes, yeah. and it doesn't, but mainly their homes, because you go to their businesses, the workers inside, they don't know who we are, they just get terrified that we come back and do so. Yeah. So we'll go to their homes and hold them accountable in their neighbourhoods, because they go off and live in the rich and leafy suburbs of the money which they stole from the workers. So we will confront them. We'll do it on Sunday, but we call it Sunday school for sinners. You know, we're doing God's work. Um, um, and we will confront that and we'll film it and we will publicise it and then mm. we'll get a reaction. And then, oh, so, what you've got to do with boss and saying, we're not fucking around. We'll hold you personally accountable for your actions. Mm. You don't get to hide behind your PR team or your HR boss and whatever. You know, become, you, know you, you, you did it, you made a call. Yeah, I think we get too much. We kind of think of companies. And kind of, it's always someone. Companies or committees don't make decisions. Individuals that find out who they are. Mm. Or we hold them to account. So we're doing that. So, you know, we do the legal work. We do the um, campaign work and social media. Many. I got this idea from someone, just a surprise, this young kid. And what she did, she started to write about it on Google reviews mm. with her friends. Right. They sued. Terrible. Sold it for 30 grand in legal costs. And they went after her. She was suicidal. You know, and was in hospital and just a mess because, well, and, um, but what was interesting to me is that social media, they're terrified of it. You know? <laughs> and I, and that's what hurt them. And I remember we had a fight in my Unite Day, so I was the head of the Unite Union. And we used to do that, and, and we used to get so much support by young people. On two, at least two occasions, their sites crashed <laughs> because the amount of young people just on go, you bastards, you, you've done this, you know. And so what she done, it reminded me, is you confront them. 
You know, these are capitalists. They've got a business. They're mm-hmm. customer base that matters. So they've got a weakness. You know, I always say is find the weakness, you know, and use their, their strength and use it against them. So I decided many years ago where we set up Unite is that the, the capitalist has a brand. So when McDonald's have a brand and others have a brand, that's their strength. But then how do you keep the weakness? So I think that we're on the right model. But this will have to be a lot of volunteers, a lot of supporters. We will take new members. But our thing is that people join, and I want them to join for life. And so um, I tried to do this as with Unite in the beginning, you know, that people just join and they throw the right back bank in. But the systems weren't that robust and people used to get dishonored fees if I stopped. Yeah, that was 20 years ago. So our thing will be very cheap, you know, for people to join. So it's 10 bucks a month. Right? So we haven't taken any membership up this because I wasn't sure. Like when you take money off someone, you've got to do the money. You know, you have a responsibility. We've been funded entirely by donations. But the other one is we're fine bosses because what the left's done, we keep missing that part. It took me 30 years to understand that. And I thought, oh, you know, I just don't. So as, as listeners would know who, who, who follow politics, and someone's pain, either the victim's pain, the collectivist's pain, or the activist's pain. Now, if you realise, daughter, I should have known this for years, epiphany. Hold on a minute, there's another fucking player in the room. The fucking boss! <laughs> they did it! So I just say, hey, boss, you're paying bills. I'm not taking any work. I'm not taking any money off the worker. Why should they have to pay to get justice? You did it. Fuck you, you pay. I'm sick of paying. You pay my bill too, but yeah, you know. <laughs> um, so, so, so that's how we've been able to fund it up to now. Yeah. Well, it's, it's great as well, as you say, uh, you know, I mean, to, to sort of name and shame and bring it actually to their house, all that kind of thing. That's what makes people uncomfortable. If you're doing it outside of business, it's like, okay, well, I'll. It's just the business. The business I'll do the blinds and I'll put my headphones on. Uh, I went to the church case. once and that gave me the idea when I was younger. They got trespassing. Mm. So I was trespassing gagged. <laughs> Then lawyers said, we're not going to see it. It's too set to settle the case down that. Mm. So we'll just keep it peer peering. You can't say a word. I couldn't even say that I had a gag and all the fancy. Jesus. That's the law, right? Boss is mm. law. So I thought, that's why I've separated out the two mm. projects. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you got to learn your lessons, right? Yeah. And, yeah. So, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so, yeah, because our union up to now takes the case. So therefore, we have to abide by the boss's law. Mm. So as soon as we say anything, they can claim it's blackmail because you're asking for an outcome. See, I'm a unionist, right? We used to having a roll around in the mud with the boss, you know, saying, right, you've got to pay, you know, we're going to have, you know, we're, we're going to put pressure on, right? Mm. Whether it's an industrial action of some sort. Mm. Well, when you do an individual case job, they can say it's, it's blackmail. Yeah. You are intimidating me to, to give you an outcome that you want. Whereas well, taking someone to court, that's not intimidation. We'll call it a pay agreement or a contract and suddenly that's <laughs> fine. Right? No, no, no. Yeah. Because what they do is they say, no, 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 and they get it. So they go into the system because it's all bosses' courts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but you go in there and they give them the injunctions and they award costs against them. That's, mm-hmm. that's the game. Right. So we'll do it this way. So I don't know, we're doing it. But in the past, I, I went to someone's church once. You know, because they've got they water against them. So you stand up in church, Christians. Are you fans or followers of Christ? Well, which one is it? You know? <laughs> um, so, you know, and they say, and they solve it real fast. So direct action 
is always a useful tool, as a kind of simple way of putting it, but it's a useful strategic um, approach. And I, you, you've got to have a row, array of strategies where in the employment app now is only the course. That's all you're allowed. And of course, what these workers do, oh, sorry, I should have said this start. What workers do, so so 60% of workers in the private sector cannot join a union if they want to. The 93% of workers who are not in the union, the union won't take their case because they're not a member. So that means only 7 out of 100 workers have any union protection or rights or representation. That's just the truth of the facts. It's the same in the Western world. Right? So as the left, what are we going to do about that? Oh, ring hands. Well, as I pointed out to the comrades, I said... Well, Labour and the Alliance come to power in 99, right? We have an Employment Relations Act that came in to replace the Employment Contracts Act that supports it. Well, the union site signed off on it. The Alliance, which I was the president of, we wanted to go further, further. they wouldn't buy it because the unions backed the compromise deal. Labour, Labor, mm-hmm. right? Employment Relations Act has conducted all the relationships between the employers and, and the workers and the unions. That has been in place for 22 years. And it hasn't been changed. And the majority of the years between then and now has been under a Labour government, Labour-led government. And the other times were under John Key, who never touched it. So when now we've gone from 12% GT density, which was pretty useless, you know, after the effects of 91 of the contract act, we're now at less than 7%, almost half. Yeah. And yeah. so you say... I'm so glad, Matt, I'm so glad you're saying this, because I have had this conversation at possibly a higher uh, peak intensity than we're having right now, uh, saying <laughs> See, a less informed, a less informed uh, version of what you're saying, because I've, I don't say, uh, what I say now, to be polite, is I don't think that the unions as currently constituted is something we can look to as the left in New Zealand to yeah. be a standard yet. In the same kind of way as you could traditionally sort of think about the constitution of a broad left, right? And I still get a lot of pushback. No, no, no. It's also historical, but also, or what? Yeah. So, and that's the thing. So, what I've spent the last few years is like, or do what? You know, or you'll do what? You know, so that's the question for us of the left, right? Because we've got to look for solutions. And strategies going forward to change the, the, the that's our responsibility, right? Not to analyze or terrible. You know, that's just being left because we like being depressive. Um, but, but I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say working class, I have great faith, you know. Um, every struggle I've ever been in with workers, it's been a privilege, you know. And, you know, um, if you have trust in working class people, what happens is some of the left. They, they, they think it's a romance. No? The workers, their jobs are on the line. They're going to pay rent. They're living from hand to mouth. Don't play games. Yeah. You know, don't use them as pawns. You know, I was saying, play chess. You have a responsibility to play chess, not gloves. You know? And work, workers are the king. The most important piece on the board, not you. you know? And they're not pawns. And I always say, and therefore, they want to be king. You can't win a dispute. If the workers are sacrificed for it, right? So, so you know, you lose the king, it's over. Mm. You can lose the queen, you're, you're the queen, you can lose that and you're still winning, right? So, that's what I always say, you know, is a sacred trust. And therefore, workers are going to be cautious. It's their fucking job on the line. Yeah? Mm. They'll be one step ahead because they look for guidance in a crisis. They'll look at it and say, what do you think? I always say to an organiser, a union leader, 
And I said, yeah, they'll want to have all the say-so shit. But when the shit hits the fan, they'll look at you and say, what do you think? And you'd better come up with a fucking, you better have a plan all ready, ready you know, because that's your job as an organiser, you know. And you don't go, no, no, no. They just blame the boss. It's, it's cowardice and it's unthinking, you know. It's dumb stuff. Mm, and mm. and, and a fight you've got to earn your wages. I mean, it's a pretty political position to get paid to a political union. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that comes back to another thing that we talk about quite a lot on this podcast, which is like the um, the difference between kind of politics for or politics with, which is sort of what you were talking yes. about before, right? That's good. That right. We're not we're not here to do welfare for people. We're not here to, to do nice things out of the goodness of our hearts. If you if you Glad need something, it. you fight for it, right? That's right. And that's that's the difference. Between that's history. Solidarity, ever done that, right? Yeah. You never got anything. You know, everything's going to be fought for. Going through history. Everything has always been fought for. I always say to the left, you opt out of politics and then you say, oh, it's the MPs, they should do it. And they say, fuck you. you know, that's our job. You know, you've got to organise working class or the broader left or, or the community. And out of that, then you change public opinion. You change people's view. You get people involved in their community and their struggle. And then you win the public and then the politicians will change laws. But they never go first, ever. Because their job is to get re-elected. So they go, lift the finger, test the wind. Is this popular? Oh, still hasn't changed. Like, no. for example, yeah. when we started the, um, the, uh, when we started the, um, the, the end of youth rate campaign, it had 12% support. Within three years, we got it up to 70%. So therefore, changed the law. We knocked over McDonald's and those big companies because they couldn't maintain it anymore. Why should someone be discriminated against of their age and accident of birth, even though they're doing the same job? See, that was the same with women in the 70s, right? There was sort of saying, no, if they're doing the same job, why are they paid different? Mm. Because I used to use that to the bosses. I said, so it's the last discrimination. Yeah. I said, now history of New Zealand, the first three strikes were from Maori. We want to get paid the same as Pakeha's. Fuck this, we're not working unless we get paid as Pakeha, you know, because they get their blankets and drinkets with cholera to kill them all off. But, you know, they say, no, we want money. Like those guys. Oh, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll give you booze. That's why a lot of the Maori movements then banned Maori for drinking. It wasn't Pakeha. It was Maori because they knew that's the way they get you, fuck you, you know. So, so Māori had the first three strikes, the first three industrial strikes in this country with equal pay. So during the 70s, it was women to equal pay. And then they said, it's only one last now, that's it, it's first. Yeah. And they used to say, oh, it's like an apprentice or about that. But no, 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 but these are people doing the same job. So they've got a 17-year-old who are training 19-year-olds to getting paid $2 less an hour. And I didn't realise, because we get older, you see, we forget of that outrage. And it wasn't when we were building the night Half of our men, men members were under 20. Right? Our average age of the union was 22. Right? So when they go, oh, you can't get young people involved, really? Really? That's just not true. That's what the issue is. And one of their things was, was youth weighing wages. I knew it was a problem, but you know, we'd grow up, so we'd kind of forget it. And it was, that, was the, that was the spark which created that problem, that problem, that campaign. So we went from a few hundred members over 4,000, all young. Half of our dad values at, at the height 
at, at that time were high school kids because it's so, it's, you know, it was an issue. Mm. So when all the unions go, oh, no, young people aren't in. I remember, my, I remember my friends were working in um, buckle jobs, being paid, what was it, like $5, $6 an hour at that point? Well, there's no, there's, 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 there's no pay rate for, there'd only be one lifting the minimum wage over nine years. Mm. So everyone was on the minimum wage, you know, mm. in, in hospitality, was the way, yeah, mm. that's a whole different discussion. But it was really, but out of that, we built the union. So I'm always saying, find issues that people care about, earn the rights, and you'll build a movement, and you then will succeed. So are you getting much pushback from unionists, from establishment unionists, when you talk about this, or yeah, you don't I, talk to those people no, about no, it? I, feel, I, I do, but, you know, How insurgent is this? You know, <laughs> I'm a, look, I always, look, I'm a polite aggressive. Right? Yeah, I'm not a passive aggressive. I don't, I don't run away from, from those debates, right? I pose a question. I won't say who it was, but someone who's bagged, bagged, bagged me for years, you know, be bagged, bagged me on you know, the internet just recently. Um, so I reached out and I said, look, you know, because I know this is what I'm doing. I just don't really need the institutional left just whacking into it. It's just a distraction and it also will just cause problems, right? So I reached out, not just for that bad reason, I thought, you know, because I know. Yeah. Half of what they say about me is true and half is not, but I'm not going to spend enough time trying to explain myself because I do put a thing as I've never done anything malicious, you know, and I'm always saying is what, what do we do for the working class? And, and so I point out to my critics that as opposed to what plan? Well, what's your plan? Explain it to me. I don't say it as aggressively as that, but I say, well, you may be right. So just explain what your plan is and how we're going to get so, so, sort of getting on, right? Because I don't have to argue against them, right? Because I've said I'm happy to have that debate, right? Because when I've been criticised, they've raised all that. You know, oh, we're yellow union, scat union, again, you know, what and all that. And okay. As opposed to what have you been doing in the fast food and young workers since we arrived before us? What happened? You know. So it's like, you know, it's, it's like I. Well, the lefties, young lefties who came around, that, that project used to get attacked all the time. I was attacked, but I was attacked, you know. And I just don't, because it's not about how I protect myself. I always tell myself, this is not about me. You know, I said, this is not, you know, who cares? You know, you're born and you die and some stuff. There's some stuff in between, just get over If you're being attacked by someone, you're doing something right. You also could be doing something terribly wrong. But, you know, but I don't let that. I look, I've learned a long time, time ago. You know, yeah. I lost whole friendships and people many, many times, yeah. and I never let that affect me on what I'm doing, yeah. good or bad. So when I used to get, you know, I got a lot of accolades, and I've been pilloried as well. And I take the same, and I think that's a lesson I'd give to anyone who wants to do political change. You've got to get over yourself. You know, you're just not that, that important. You know, it's what you do is important, not who you are. And so I don't let it ever get to me. I mean, it's better now, because I really am conditioned now. It's that whether it's good or bad, I don't get that worked up about it because it's all temporary and it doesn't mean much as what you believe is right. And, you know, and so that's, that, that protects me. But I reached out to this person yeah. and, you know, I got a lot of material that first time around, but um, and I said, well, look, yeah, something like that. And now, within a week, best friends, <laughs> and it's come to come to work on the project. It's what the project. 
and that speech, not not in a cynical way, mm. but you reach out to people because I don't think that people are cynics. I, I always say the lefties are not cynics; they're just disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they just wish it was better. You know, mm. so they get internalised and you know, and they get upset. And they just yeah, but you know, and this person, you know, had a lot of great great grievances. But you acknowledge it and say, look, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to go through and everything and rationalise everything. It's just, you know, what are you going to do? I'm not going to give someone if I feel you don't see it about something. I'm not going to feel like I'm going to I said, if you want me to give, to give you a defence, I'm willing to do that. But I don't think that's going to help you. Because I can rationalise everything I, I do, I can. But that's not going to give us. It's just going to make me feel more upset. You know, it's, union, it's a union negotiation, right? It's like, no, but it's the same rules you're doing, right? Am I going to call a boss, you know, a capitalist thieving scumdog and think that they're going to go, oh, fair enough. You know, I've got my head, fuck, I'm going to hang out, right? Damn. You don't have a communication yeah. problem, right? A lot of the left think, a lot of the liberal left, and I do this, like, put in between the two, I think the left is gone. And look, maybe it is a middle class thing. I, look, I don't know. I'm not going to make those, but there's one thing I, I, I give a lot of thought to. It's that, oh, God, like, why is this happened? And what are the, and look, no, I'm a liberal left, left, left wing, because I think everyone should be, you know, but I, I, I come from a, you know, a different background, so I, I kind of, I'm more rooted in class politics and the social justice around the economics, you know, because I come from poor people and I see the struggle way. So when you get got no money and you're homeless, sort of, you know, gender rights or racial rights or any rights become less important because you're not putting them as low theory and needs and later on this and just trying to survive it. You know, yeah. So until you get that, well not until, but you need to focus on that because as people's incomes and hope right, right rises, then they open to the other oppressions that you yeah. have I don't think. So, so therefore, if you've had a bit you will these things will be more important to you. Mm-hmm. you know? Then you're two tribes that mm-hmm. don't understand, and, and that's a real problem. So, and that's and that's a communications issue. Like I think where a lot of this breaks down is that um, when uh, when that point is made, I think what a lot of people hear is a prioritization, and it's not a prioritization. Exactly, it's just it's a communication just, style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking exactly. about what people happen to currently uh, be struggling with personally versus what. I mean, it's the same stuff we've talked about with Trump, same stuff we talked about okay. in South America. Yeah, and it happens to be the thing that is France. common to, to everyone. Yeah. Beyond, you know, everyone has very particular, specific things, every, every different group that, that yes. has to be taken care of. There's one thing that everyone experiences, which is, mm-hmm. yeah, whether it's your relationship with your boss, whether it's, you know, trying to get food on the table, pay the bills, all that yeah. stuff. But, yeah. you know, as a, as a socialist and as a unionist, right, your struggle is my struggle. Right. Mm. And that's what we just got to continue to right. drive home, right? I had a work worker come and see me today, but, and you know, it looks like he'll be kind of homeless and just dead, dead, go to stay in the house and you know, lost his job. So he's full of anger and despair. And he goes, you know, there's all these immigrants that come into my street and they're taking all the houses and we're losing and we're losing life, right? right? And she said, well, that's got nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. Well, what's that going to make him feel? Oh, I haven't thought about that. It's it's a communication problem. It's an empathy problem. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you say, yeah, no, I understand that. They would feel like for you, right? You know, you feel like that. And then once you show and you have some empathy and say, um, 
But you do understand the sense of and, 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 which I didn't see. I don't understand. But you know that they've got nothing to do with this problem. Right? It's, yeah. it's your fucking policies done. It's, you know, it's not there. Right? Yeah. It's just, and, but because you start from a position of, yeah. of solidarity, yeah, yeah, right. then you have a conversation. Right? Yeah. But as soon as you're left, a lot of people do. They want to tell them, oh, you come as racist. Yeah, yeah. So, well, just, could you just bite your tongue for a minute? You know, yeah. stop being right. Or you yeah, can just reorient. Stop being right. You can, so you can reorient the conversation, right? Because, of course, it's not the average no, like, working happened. immigrant who's, who's buying all those houses. Right. It's a particular type of person. It's a particular mm. person of particular class position. Yeah. And it's not, it's not the person that you're working with, no, you know, at your work. But they're not ready for that conversation. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's a process. Right. And I think with a lot of the liberal left, or the left, you know, the institutionalised left, and I don't, you know, I'm trying to be, because I, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't want to denigrate because that's cheap and it's not right. But my, we all jump from from our own experiences, right? But most of the comrades I know um, on the liberal left who wouldn't like to be called a comrade, um, um, sorry, just make that point. But um, <laughs> they think it's more a communication problem, right? Mm-hmm. They think that the other side are just good pe- people too, and they do care. You know, and corporates do want to do the right thing. You know, and they do make against the rate racism against things like that. And, say, and so we can just understand and say, no, I'm always polite. So when I'm sitting down with bosses, right, you know, they have a job to do, which is return your wealth to their shareholders. That's what they get paid to do. You know? So the board of directors get elected by their institutional shareholders always are, you know, you know, and they all sit on each other's boards, so there's block votes and there's no um, I think that's an outside for now to, to, to this discussion. But what they do is they go, oh, well, you know, the communication, no, well, the CEO, so there's four players, right? You know, there's the shareholders, the owners. To a large extent now, with capital again, is moving again, they're quite passive. You know, it's the managerial class, you know, they're sitting on the boards and the CEOs and on the remunerations committees for each other. They the senior appointments, they'll go to white schools, you know, they get that cold culture and that, right? So there's that class in itself, you know, separate from the shareholding class. And that then you've got uh, the workers and then the customers. So there's four needs. Mm. And the workers are a cost. You know, and they want to get the lowest price to the customer. Mm. The workers are cost and the maximum profit so the managers can get the control of the salaries and the quarterly reports and get the bonuses, right? So short-term fixes. And so that's the game. So when I negotiate with bosses, we have that conversation. We always thought we had money. They pull out their AGM report. We think it's all fucking wonderful. Because yeah, they go through the emission statement, which is always like, we love everybody. You know? This company's only here so we can help. Yeah. Poor yeah. yeah. vulnerable people. Oh, well, you think that they were a social welfare agent. <laughs> <laughs> they create jobs. So, job creates. Yeah. They offer fuck's sake. You make money. You yeah. know what? They're here for us. They're not here with us. Well, it's it's funny again, how like, every, everything's like Adam Smith. You know, it's, it's capitalism, everyone works for their self interest. Everyone's just yes. rationally just doing things for what's going to make things better for themselves. And until, yeah, it gets to the point where people have to justify themselves and it's like no no actually I'm doing it I'm doing a really good thing I'm a good person well, it's just I have the best of intentions so what, well, what Matt's saying is just materialism right he's yeah. just recognising their yeah. Yeah, yeah. their needs no, exactly. but I can have that because well, right, having that honest com- com- conversation with an advocate yeah. from, from, from the other side with the general manager or the managing director or the HR director or whatever yeah it's about being respectful yeah. 
you know, they have a job to do. So we don't we get past it. You know, we've all got to know. The only thing we think about is the staff. We all, no, we don't. <laughs> Can we just stop there, you know? Because, and then we just say, let's be grown up. Mm. You know, I have a job to do and you have a job. I don't like the service, the system, but that's mm. what it is. Yeah. And I've got to work as a union in that framework. Oh, you've got to try and stop me. You know? So, mm. but we can all find a way. But then they tell me lies and the sort of instant thing, which is really good. I always train our crew always all over the years. So, well, first they pretend to tell, tell the truth and you should pretend to believe them. Because to be otherwise is just disrespectful. I just go, oh, you're a liar. Mm. Oh, great, that's going to advance things. You know, you know, you lie, you scum, know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's not about you, it's about the workers, right? So they want to turn the PR to a couple points. What I find, I'm not going off the but I just think in terms of, you know, I go to the admission statements because that's the cat so yeah, you people believe that. I'm, I'm, being, I'm not being certain, kind of my experience. Yeah. And, well, that was true. It just fits a lot of that. Right? And they go yeah. to the board, it's all signed off, but of course, they're seeing that management. Are all supposed to abide by it, right? Mm. But you see, that's what they're instructed to. That's their culture. Mm. So having that's important, and talking about their own rules, you know, is sort of insane. So getting to live up to their idea of themselves. Yeah. Right? So you get that. Does Mark and apple pie, and we love the workers, and you know, ethical, and, you know, and ethical, and honest, and you know, kind of truthful, and all those things. And so it's good. Like, oh, this is really good. So then I go, then they tell me they've got no money. Yeah, and then you get the annual report from the chairperson. Oh, things are looking up. Well, things are So how does that equate with the admission statement? Because what you've told me, what you've just told me, and what your chairperson's telling the shareholders making are two different things. And given your, your need of admission statement, be honest and truthful. Could you help me with that? Because I'm feeling, I don't understand that. And then we can stop the routines. And the good thing about having that conversation is this. Um, well, it's interesting because you were talking about, you know, what you just said there, but you also mentioned before, you know, the, the way, the background that you come from. And, you know, hearing some of your stories from, you know, the, the, the good old days, I mean, it's a very different world to, to, to now, you know. Best days are coming, brother. <laughs> no, 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 for sure. But, you know, you know there's like the, the, like just the nature of the, I mean, your stories are so, so crazy. I mean, the, the like the stuff you guys are doing. I think it's a very different type of organising, and maybe maybe not one that no, you no, would no, do it's anymore. Because so it's, it's, yeah, no, of course, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's it's that's what's so interesting is it's such a a different world. I yeah, think, yeah. At twenty five years old, or twenty four, or some twenty three, one of those years, I was the president of one of the biggest unions in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, as a kid, you know, eighteen years old, we did a strike in Queenstown, closed it down for almost a week. Mm-hmm. Without any union officials present, you know, so there was a bit more of a collective, yeah. and the unions were institutions, yeah. right? So you were kind of yeah. thing. Well, so and, and working militancy, right? I mean, there was a working yeah. militancy, you know. It is a different thing, but that's the atomization of society. Yeah, but just organising different ways, right? You know, this podcast, right. you know, this is how we communicate. So um, it's just different. It's not the same. So, so talking about that, um, this comes back to a question that I wanted to ask before. Like you, you say that a lot of the kind of disintegration and atomization and I suppose the concurrent weakness of unions as they were as unions, as as kind of institutions, flashing back and flashing forward like that, a lot of that has just been through kind of technology and the development of capitalism and international yeah, finance and stuff like that, right? Um, but what 
a lot of people bring up when we talk about the weakness of unions in New Zealand, as in any kind of Western country, is the legal changes, right? There have been these clear, so, you know, Employment Relations Act, Employment Contracts Act, and kind of neoliberalism before that, the, the legalistic changes. And that, that gets brought up first when you have this conversation, right? It's a rational conversation. I think so as well. I think, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm putting words in now. No, 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 no. <laughs> you're absolutely right. You were using the words of others because it's true. And, uh, you know, I could get away with all kind of contentious say it's just chaos and synthesis. I may think I feel, I feel free. But I will free. say it. Um, <laughs> um, it's a rationalisation, right? It's, it's had no confidence. See, I, quite frankly, I've never given a damn what rules are. Our bosses are. Of course they have rules to stop you from doing things. You know, always have, always will, you know. And you've got to find a ways around them. When I was young, or, or organising my, my 20s, the lawyer in our office, lovely, and she would always say, when she retired, she goes, oh, I always knew that, you know. She goes, he was the only one who ever, ever, ever come to my office. The only thing he wanted to know is how we could get away with something. <laughs> and he never wanted to know is what I can do, right? Oh, it's all not, it's worth, well, with, well, with your knife, never had a lawyer. Right? It wouldn't happen, you know. When I was an organiser in my 20s, my first week, I took two personal grievance series to meet me out because that's what we were supposed to do. And I decided, you know, I would never do it again. One of the I got some people calling me. They don't work in justice. They've got some money. So I never did that again. We weren't allowed to strike all that. Well, you just get creative. See, when I went in, all the same rules were there. So people do think all these rules, it's just not. We weren't allowed to strike, sort of sort, 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 outside people could me. What I used to do was have meetings. We meet now in the staff room. Oh, we haven't finished. <laughs> Had meetings just before the service time. And I said, well, I work for these workers. And one of their mates has been sacked. I've got to consult with them. It's uh, an emergency meeting. Though. <laughs> it's it's, not not a, it's yeah. What are you going to do? It's a legal thing. Right? That's whoever's stopping the job. Suddenly the powers change, right? If you've got a convention and just about to send all the meals out, thousands of meals, guess when you'd have a meeting? Gee. When we did the supersize high heist campaign with the core center, with Pizza Hut, with pizzas, when would you go strike? Oh, yeah. Oh, no, strike. They'd have a meeting. A 20-minute meeting, bring them updated. We would do it oh, just as half-time was in the game. <laughs> right? And it's that. Where do you lose? You've got to use your weaknesses and their strengths. You've got to turn them around. Right? That's basic strategy, right? These rules are always there. We're not striking it. I mean, with Unite, we're not strike under the same rules. It was easy to get more workers out for 10 minutes or 30 minutes, and some would go home, some would go go back to work. The whole thing is about disrupting, disrupting capital. So, you know, we used to try and do the meetings, no one come, and who's going to come? You know, and the CCDO, we want to stop with meetings. Young people aren't going to come to a meeting. Somewhere in Auckland, they're going to travel to on the bus for two hours to be spoken to by people who look like their parents. I turn up on this site. You know, so that's how we do it. So all that, the rules mean nothing, right? I've been sued a number of times now, right? Never paid once, right? Never did. You know, you go and you, you talk about the stories, but it's what, what I think what the left has got to do, you know, those of the union left, they've got to get their mojo back. I think the issue is, is leadership and courage. You know, these rules are always going to be. Bosses always have rules to stop you from doing things. What you've got to do is to occupy. But 
But it couldn't occupation. We had a meeting with the boss. We don't want to leave because we're so de- we're dedicated to this problem. Our know, boss ones, like this is a very quick thing as an example, right? A boss was closing down redundancies and everyone was going to go out of the screws, right? So I go in there, like my own place, because that's the way you go to do it. It's a union boss, and in there. It's a course he said, I've got my power. Put the phones down, please. Because you're walking in like, like your own job, right? You put your tie on, and you come up with a team, and thank you very much, you know, and all that now, just close the door, please. Thank you. everyone just put their phones down? So tell me, you're going to know, Brandon, I'm here, I'll help. But if you, if you're all going to be in all that, I'm not in, I'm fight for all workers. So you're now going to make the decision unanimously. If you want to fight, I'm the guy to help you. If you don't want to fight, I'll give everyone the, the union fees back because the only choice you've got now is you die on your feet or you die on your belly. And if you want to fight, I'm the guy. Every single time in 40 years, workers have always chosen to fight. They go, can we win? So that I don't know. But what I do know, if you don't fight, you won't win. That's what I do know. And people will step up. Because the whole thing is about giving workers courage. Right? Where are they supposed to get courage from? When you, you know, mm. and I said, where do you get that? They don't get it, right? They've got to come, they've got to you know, that confidence. You know, everything's a victory. And be smart. But what workers say, well, I'm flipping hamburgers or I do widgets. I don't, I'm not a strategist working for Why is it up to me? Because what the unions do, they cop out. Well, it's up to you. You decide. You know, they just, it's, it's application of leadership, right? So I, like they say, I'm very passionate. I get very angry because what workers are paying to be part of the union and doing the time for, right? In times of crisis, right? You've got to, the officials have to earn their fucking money and they get paid more almost universally than, than their woodworker, right? Some of them are bloody good money, right? And it's privilege, you know, okay? And when there's a fight, I don't want to go home. Yeah. You know? No, 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 no. When there's a strike, when I was the secretary of my union, or the, the Unite Union, when there was a blue, I was there 24 hours a day. Because the union boss, they wanted to see, and the bosses had to see the union boss talk, 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 You share with the troops. You never not be there. And you just play hardball. You know, and then people, you know, that's the responsibility of a union leader, in my view. Well, not like you, it is. And mm-hmm. I just get, and I think that we've lost that. It's not an art. Lost that mission. So I think, um, I think this project I'm doing now, now I don't want to be, because it's not about me, but, You've got to be fearless, you know. You just got to be, you know, don't get free. Right? I've been free. I've been arrested. You know? I mean, you've got to be strategic, you know. The first time I got arrested, right, I just refused to come out of jail, right? Because you've got to turn the tables. You know, when they threaten to sue you, you just, you just lean into it. Excellent. And then they sue me, I go and see. And they win, they get sued, and I say, oh, okay. Then I walk. See, then I've got to say, well, we'll come after your union. Oh, well, that's war then. Okay, well, it's a declaration of war, so you've got to destroy my union. So now we're going to talk about, can I destroy you before you destroy us? Because you've changed the rules. So many bosses go, mm, that's not what quality. Because they use the state to sue, right? And of course, oh, no, 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 no. Now we're at war, so you're going to come and take my house off me and put my family on the street. Now I'll do the same to you. Because now we're having war. See, now I'm used to it, you know, and I think that's the way we've got to fight. I do think. I think that's the only way to fight. You know, everyone who's read any history at all of the people who built the union movements, blood, sweat, and tears, and people have been sacrificed. And people got to fucking understand. You know, I'm, I'm, I come from there, and I think that the working poor, you know, and I think the the, the union movement has 
it's a change. I don't think it will build eternally. I think it's too deep enough. I'll say this final note. There's a bit of thing, but I think it's the most important thing. So I've had to a- a- analyze this. Why so? Because I know the people who are good. They're good. Um, you know, you know some, some, some of the comrades I do. They are. But it's not that, that's not the question, right? They must train because they haven't had those experiences, right? Because they haven't had their struggle. I, I was part of it. I think part of the problem, and probably in the Western world, not sure, but in New Zealand, let me speak on that, not sure I show you. They combine the private sector unions with the public sector unions, right? Through the, because union, because unity was the way to go. So it was private sector, the Federation of Labour with the public service unions, um, and they combine to become the CCT. People thought that would make them stronger. What it is though, is that, and it's taken me, you know, I've watched it in recent years, is, is I think that that is a mistake. And the mistake is not that being together. The problem is, is that in the state service, it's quite legitimate to build partnership. Because the taxpayers are paying for the, for the service, right? It's a public service. So the teachers and cops and firefighters and posties and all, work together. You know, like, let's be good employers, let's do a good job, and let's have a good value, because the working class are paying the job, and we're paging taxpayers. The salary and wage earners are paying most of the government bills, right? So we serve the people, right? So... I get that. But for the capitalists, it's not that. There's a there's not a partnership, there's a conflict of interest. And I think that the public service thing of working together in partnership with our common goals has dominated the class conflict. You know, that conflict between capital and labour. So we've been kind of softened and we tried to map partnerships. So the big unions like Eto and and you know, and those unions are going to do partnership all the fucking time. Yeah. Okay, what? That's really the point, yeah. You know, and I think we've lost sight of saying there is a competition of resources. So we'll be with Fonterra with the Dairy Workers Union partnership, and you know, so that would make sense. And Etsy, you know, again with Air New Zealand, but it's still a minority of the workers. So the boss quite like partnership. Oh, we've got some gains. Yeah, but we're losing the struggle because you're just putting all the resources into like any partnership. Meeting. Some of the workers or the officials. You know, they don't do organising it. We can have meetings and consulting. I'm not I mean I'm not meaning to be disparaging. I'm just saying is I think that we've lost sight that we haven't got something in common. You know? Yeah, no. I don't think you're being you're not disparaging any um, individuals. I think you're putting your finger on an analysis that people haven't really I guess clarified enough recently, or being willing to kind of own up to in the last decade. Yeah, because well, there's just not enough people making these points. No, but I think your project is starting to develop. Well, the mere fact we're we're well, we're having this discussion right amongst people who are listening to your podcast and next generation and the political activists are thinking through these projects. I think that's the right thing because people are only judging things on on their own experiences. Right? You know, if you've never been part of class struggle. You know, you've actually, it's all been about, you know, no, I hate the word identity, because that's used as an insult. This is insult, so I don't mean either. I think that we have been narrowed into issues. Yeah. You know, and I think that's, and I'm not even saying it's deliberate from the employing class, the capital class, but I think pretty much. I think there's a reason why they never buy the media. You know, why the right wingers, you know, whether they've moved off or whoever they want to the media world is that dominates the cultural and communication discussions. 
um, and York to the University of Arlington doesn't advise the business school, and they only teach right-wing neoliberal um, economics in their classes as the only, you know, it's not a theory, that's the gospel. Yeah. And there is no other theory. You know, and interesting, so, an interesting so thing, in that culture. Uh, listeners, here's an interesting thing too. Uh, go back 20 years and look at the papers that were offered in economics at the University. <laughs> and compare that to what you can take now. It is an education. Well, <laughs> that's my case, but you say it a lot be, be better. And I think, yeah, so I don't, yeah, I've got it, I want to kind of because my head walks by and I'll get all bitter and twisted and <laughs> But my contribution to the left project is to do this project because I think by, you know, once, but I think we lack quartermasters on the left, you know, the practical winding the tanks up for battle, you know, that, that's, you know, the practical things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the left intelligentsia, and that's why I'm very pleased with you guys doing, I think they've been. But there's there's so much to learn, I think, for people of our generation from from you and, and you know all the, the people that you came up with, which is why uh, as as much as I would love to keep talking, to yeah, you, know, so the three hour, no, no, this has been great, but uh, unfortunately, uh, to to uh, spare our listeners a little bit to give them some yeah. room. If they lasted this long, <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to cheer them up. No, no, no. I know, I think it's been great. Well, actually, why don't we end on a more optimistic note, which is, you know, you I think you uh, straddle a few different eras, mm-hmm. at the very least. Mm-hmm. And, like, how do you feel about now compared to, Christ, the, the bad old days of the 90s and the 2000s? You know? It's a time of great opportunity. Mm. I, I, I'm very optimistic about the future. I think the younger generations, I've seen some of them have come around our project, but I've seen mm-hmm. outstanding. Mm-hmm. You know, see that people at ed- ed- education and the, and the poverty, at least not in all classes, you know, it's mainly in the poor, but, but people have got a very strong principle, you know, of, of, of what's right. God, have they listened to people um, of, of, of that and thinking about it. We didn't have that opportunity, right? Yeah. So we were more just activists. So we have a highly educated and informed active space. Um, the cater. Emerging case, not a case, but it's emerging case. Disciplined thinking, confident, confident. We didn't have a lot because it's very much. So I think. Um, so I'm very optimistic. I think that what's happened around the world in reaction against neoliberalism, sort of liberalism. Mm. You know, we had no generation. The parents, two generations, were not not there in politics. Mm. So the new generation is actually it's organic. Mm. Yeah, people it. So I'm extraordinarily optimistic, probably higher than I've ever been. Yeah. During the 90s and early 2000s, right now, Vanguard, that battle there. But man, I'm, I'm very optimistic. Because anyone can do what you do, yeah. you know, you can do that yeah. in your home here, you know, discussing, yeah. where you couldn't have done it another time. Yeah. We really had to get a gazette now. <laughs> so you wouldn't even meet them, you know, we're under there, you know. <laughs> well, the time, didn't have photocopies, so that was kind of the you know, yeah, fax machines, which are a new thing. So, yeah, this is all. Touch of the finger stuff. So yeah. that's where it's I think that people's confidence, I think they're knowledgeable. Yeah. I think that um, um, I always think we're going to win. 
because we're right. Every child starts off as wanting what's best for you and providing justice, right? But we get worn down, see? But people come back to that truth. You know, you know, the other one is our brother and sister. So, and people get it. So I, I just think, you know, I don't know if it's going to be things. So what my contribution is helping to organise, to help the, not the next generations, but, you know, the people who come after, because every fish, history is about what's happened before and what we're doing today to turn this future. So I'm, I'm, I'm more optimistic than I ever have been. Well, that, that, I think, is a great place to leave it. Uh, thanks so much for, for coming on and for mm-hmm. talking to us. Oh, of course. And, and uh, yeah, yeah, that's right. And, and we'll, we'll put all the links up uh, online so people can who are interested and, and were inspired. Yeah, we'd, love we'd love people to help. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, we just can't do it because we need some smarty pants people for people. So people who yeah. listen to your, 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 your pods will be people who are thinking about how they can mm-hmm. contribute. Yeah, exactly. And actually, I mean, that's a great uh, prompt is that, you know, if, you, if you've listened today and you uh, were inspired or, or found what Matt was saying was interesting, follow the links, get involved. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is not something that just like is an exclusive club. You know, it's, it's, it's all about getting as many people as possible to come in and, and put their effort in. So, yeah. yeah, just so there's no misunderstanding. Everyone in that project are volunteers, including me. Yeah. So it's not that. It's not a job for if you want a well paid job in the union, not not with us. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you want a well paying job, you're in the wrong place. But start, if you yeah. want to experience maybe doing some really, you know, but I think the work, the work we're doing is going to really contribute to the future mm-hmm. of organising mm-hmm. um, uh, social justice around a class and the economic justice. Mm-hmm. Like it's central, you know, to to social justice and enlightenment for everybody. Yeah, that's the important thing. There you go, and and you know you'll get to work with uh, with Matt as well. So you know, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 could be worse. Yeah, could be worse. It's an adventure. <laughs> We're taking it to the bloody class. Fucking <laughs> scrap. It's like when they send uh, people off to World War One. It's like you know what? Well, well, you're going to fight, and you're going to get to the pyramids as well. Yeah, well, I'm being very polite, but you know. <laughs> We haven't got a flame for a reason. I don't know fucking burn you. you know, so, um, so, so don't mistake my politeness for a lack of reason. If your uh, knuckles need additional calluses, call Matt on uh, 0800, whatever that number was I said before. 0800 368 000 or email me, just Matt with two T's, at unite.org.nz or just go to our website, which is utu.org.nz. Right, and so we yeah, put that up uh, for everyone to follow. But uh, once again, thanks again. And uh, that, that's been another week. Yeah. That's been one two hundred. Uh, follow us, share our share our podcasts, rate us five stars, do all those things that you have to say at the end of the, <laughs> the, end of the podcast these days. And <laughs> uh, we appreciate. You've got to be a bit more enthusiastic about that. Well, I mean, it's every week. Your support, <laughs> you, most do it, you do it. work will not be done. We must have our marching songs. We must have our intellectual analysis. We must get our theory right. Otherwise, the action becomes meaningless and just good work. So get and do the program. Pony up. Put some money in. And if you're not going to come and work with us, you've got to put even more, more money in. Because otherwise, you're just fall followers and not fans. And <laughs> All right. That's a soundbite we're going to use later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it happen. Relentless routines The dying embers of your dreams Is the lie aspirational We 
you die keeping your glass half full The relentless routines The dying embers of your dreams Is a lie aspirational Will you die keeping your glass half full You don't hate your nation You hate nationalism You don't hate your nation Oh, you don't hate Mondays, no